Welcome to the Punners Preamble. I'm Simon Dinopoulos. I'll be joined by Adam Blenko. Group 1 racing in Sydney and Melbourne this weekend. We've got the two guineas on the same day. Lol. But two good races. Got to find two winners. But where is the top rated horse in the world racing? In Dubai. Although I must say, and hurried along here, so I haven't had a good look at the Dubai card, but in my skim of things, it is a not-so-super Saturday. It has worn the brunt of Saudi Arabia, I would say stepping into the, the fold last week there with their big big money meeting, and this looks very thin, but the Jebel Hatter is clearly the highlight. It's the one that has held up to some extent, and it's a sea of blue. As expected. The pick of them being Saeed's real world on grass, and on grass he's been uh, top-notch. He's We haven't seen him for, what is it, 263 days since he's a pair of seconds to Baid. That's good form. Has to be. <laughs> that has to be good form. Uh, and if you skim through his form, he has just been an absolute rock on grass. This time last year, Saeed was trying to... Uh, he got beaten 40 lengths accumulative across the <laughs> Saudi Cup and the Dubai World Cup. Tried back on dirt. But before that, he, he'd smashed Alfarik to bits on the grass at, at Maidan. Alfarik turns up here as well with form that ties them all in. So Valiant Prince is very solid and running fast times. And Master of the Seas has also come back off a long break, one and backed up by the clock. So they're good horses. But if real world, it really is a, a matter of, of real world being sharp enough. If he's sharp enough, he'll sort them out. So that's the that's the lay of the, the land there. That's that's the only race of real interest, I, I would say. As I said, I haven't, I haven't dug deep, but uh, that was looking for, oh, you know, Super Saturday, we'll find the, the highest rated horse in the world. It'll be there for, for sure. And uh, no, the Dubai City of Gold, when I was skimming through that, Senor Toba might, not get smashed to bits there. What? <laughs> Might even be competitive. Russian Emperor runs for Hong Kong and we can loosely say Australia because he is Atlantic Jewels little boy. He's ours. He's ours. Group one winner in uh, for Blake Shin in Hong Kong. Yep. That's another tie. He's ours. Off the Qatar win as well. Yeah, yeah. I, that's hard. I don't know what really to make of that, but one thing's for sure. I don't make of it what I make of real world. And we know, and back at 1800 is probably sticky for him as well. This is probably just a tick over before going back to a mile and a half for the Shima, where he'll beat home Senor Tober and not many others. Australia is more interesting, it I would is. say, this weekend. And it's plethora of guineas. Before we get to the Bizarro and the Dunno, just quickly touch on the two-year-old events in Sydney, the Tobman small field, but quality. Both small fields, aren't they? Mm. But both quality, is that, are we happy? Sort of. The Riesling, not so much, but... The Todman is still feels say. like a big moment. The reasoning because learning to fly has impressed everyone, but she hasn't. This will be it before the slipper, and she hasn't got a slipper number. Mm. So for the the numbers nerds, we want to put a nice number on her pre slipper day, and and this will be our chance. But are we saying you're saying low in competition? The reasoning and and maybe she just goes through the motions a little bit. So the two main market dangers are maidens, and then you've got moss funds. Philly kicking off on debut for Team Hawks. She's drawn two. You'd imagine he'll just take the race by the scruff of the neck and lead. So we should, you'd like to think she's going to run time and the Colts should definitely run time. So if she's going to run a number, it should be Saturday. Oh, so you're saying you're pro her running a number on Saturday. Well, last start visually was impressive. She just got there, but the figures didn't back it up. But on debut, she ran good figures. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's that's a bit of a half-half job last start. It's not that she didn't run figures. It's that she didn't run even better figures. And maybe her reputation's got a little bit ahead of her numbers. But 
perhaps her reputation is correct. I think, in fact, if she leads, we should, you'd imagine, two weeks out from the grand final, we're going to see what's under the bonnet. She now gets to 1,200 metres, which I think everyone thought she's looking for. Oh, 1,200's no issue. No, not at all. You wouldn't have thought. Yeah, okay. I, I must admit, I, I skimmed over that. Didn't didn't see a lot a lot of betting interest. There's a, those small fields as well. When small fields with obvious favourites is a those early markets are weak as water, right? It could just be a jiggy jog in front and then she sprints home, so she might not actually run time. We'll have to wait and see. And so red resistance is up the top, but he hasn't actually done he's done everything right, but he hasn't done things much better than Cylinder. And no. perhaps Cafe Millennium, I would put a number next to him that says he's bang there as well. So that that looks way more competitive. Yeah, surprise he's odds on. I think is he purely odds on because he's smoked up a trial since? Because he's beaten King's Gambit essentially the same margin as Cylinder did last start. He could be odds on because he's, as I said, doing a lot right. His figures are strong and he's running for a stable that have put out about 15 winners more than the market's expect. The market's chasing its tail with Gay. She is flying. Airborne. So put it this way, he's not a candidate for the Bizarro. He's going to come up top of the market. But I agree, I don't see any value in that early price. But a bit like the learning to fly one, these races like this are never going to be early betting propositions, particularly at the front of the market, are they? Well, Preble's just going to find the front. James, you'd imagine, goes forward with Cylinder and lands outside and Cafe Millennium tracks them. He's very interesting. I'd say he's probably the most interesting runner of the day. Of the day? Yeah, well, that that is an interesting race from a sporting point of view and pre-slipper because that's a nice chance for... His debut win was awesome. Yeah. Red resistance to, to strengthen himself at the front of the slipper market and Cafe Millennium. Is he up in the slipper? He obviously made a big impression on Debu. But this is his chance to confirm. And, and as we've seen this year, good Debu's have, obvi- have been followed by the occasional uh, flat one. Well, not occasional. I don't think any horse has gone up off the Debu if it's been a big Debu. Mm. So he at the moment is $15 for the slipper. Learning to fly is $4. I think whoever wins the Tobin will jump her unless she absolutely gaps them and runs quicker time than the boys. I think the boys will be favourite after Saturday. Yeah, that's interesting. I think she's pretty popular. I think people like her. Oh, she's very likeable. Mm. No, that is, it's all, all very interesting sport, but all pretty straightforward and not very Dunno-ish. The difference why I think one of the boys will jump learning to fly is that they've got more to beat. So more cards are being played there. More competition, yeah. So Red Resistance, Cylinder, Cafe Millennium, they make up a large portion of the slipper market as it stands. If one is dominant, well, then it's going to be favourite where Learning to Fly is racing maidens in a first starter. So that you can't really strengthen her case, whereas if one of the Colts is dominant, well, he's clear favourite. Like in everything in life, it all thrives on competition, right? <laughs> Which is why we're running two guineas on the same day and the Australian Cup on the Tankred Day. <laughs> Hell of a race if you get the horses at the top of each market into one race. Mm. You don't, though. I must say, this is, it's, it looks bad, but it's not the worst on the calendar. Even though it's two guineas on the same day, only 14 have done both when they've had the option this century. So it's not like... It's not Tankred and Australian Cup same day. That one does my head in. That is, that is really tapping the ball. This isn't as bad as it could be. Calling them both guineas is as bad as it can be. Yeah, you hate I'm going to just start calling it. It's the mahogany in the octagonal. I'm looking forward to Mahogany and Octagonal Weekend. As I said on the review show, very exciting week for you. With Atorius now back in the country, over 1,300. They rode him forward in his trial. And then Imperatrice offer massive figure in New Zealand. And they meet in the same race. It is. Now, this is competition. And it's coming from near and far. So this creates opportunities. 
because it's actually a little bit harder for the market to line things up and for us as well. Not early. If, if you think you're good, you should want things to be as hard as possible, right? Yep. And I think I'm real good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It is a dunno though in Peritrees because it, the rest of the market and how you see things is all based on how you see her and what you expect from her. So do you expect her to replicate what she did last start in New Zealand or not? No. I think she comes off it. It's very – it was pointed out to me on Twitter. It's very La Creek vibes. She was off the map in the mire. If she ran up to a New Zealand number, she would win. But she didn't. Therefore, she's beaten. Imperatrice the same. If she runs up to that figure that she produced last start, well, she wins. And hence, she's $3 into $1.90. Well, was $3 really bad? First price. Acceptances. <laughs> a price needs two sides. <laughs> Not having that. Um yeah, I think she'll run. I, I have no real reason to uh, to knock her. Now, Tay Rapa to Ramwick. Ooh, this That's is, the key stat, isn't this it? This is the key stat, yeah. What happens from Tay Rapa to Ramwick? Well, we've got 12 that have tried it. Only 12? In the last 12 years. So we're, we're getting about one a year for two winners. Can you name them? Tiakau. Tiakau Shark is one of them. Can you name the other winner, Tay Rapa to Ramwick? It's a horse called Malambo who won a benchmark 88 for Chris Waller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember Malambo. Yeah. He went straight off Tay Rapa and bang, copped that Ramwick. They have won 1.87 times what they would at random. So there's been a positive net effect there from just 12 runners. They are a select bunch though. And But the stat that I see, yeah, select bunch. But the stat that what drives wins is beating individual horses home, of course, logic. Yep. Uh, they beat home 50% more horses at Ramwick than they beat at Tay Rapa as a group. And I'm thinking, I know it's only 12, but that seems remarkable. They beat 50% more horses home at Ramwick. And then, and here's a lesson for uh, double-checking your data. Mustang Valley did beat a lot more horses home at Ramwick than she beat when she beat zero home because she lost the jock at Tayrapa behind Imperatrice. So <laughs> that skews up. things a little bit. <laughs> yeah, makes it hard. It's like, wow, is Tayrapa actually potent? No. No, Mustang Valley is uh, fudging the numbers there somewhat. But no, they seem to have a – and New Zealand overall has a, a positive effect. But, of course, then we need to compare it to Artorias, who comes from Deauville. How many have tried? Deauville to Ramwick in the last – same same time span, so 12 years I looked at. It's got to be less. It, I have is, a feeling, it is less. I have a feeling – is Avilius one of them? No. Cascadian? Yep. So Cascadian's one. And can you name the other? Hot tip, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> is Collide. Do you remember Collide? Chris Lee's got him as a stayer. And so they, Cascadian and Collide, were five and six pounds off their best. Those horses have beaten 34% more horses home. But when I say those horses, that's two of them. <laughs> Cascadian was pretty good. He was. Um, but New Zealand seemed, yeah, that New Zealand holds up okay. So let's go. Let's widen the net. From 1,024 horses to come across from New Zealand in that time and run in Australia. So let's just look at the overall effect. Yeah. They have one at 1.45, like impact value is 1.45. They lose to 10% more horses straight off the plane into Australia, so the, which you would loosely expect because as a general rule, they're going to come across off good runs. So there's more downside than upside when they come across. But they have a, they have a positive effect. They actually win at a, at a reasonable clip. So there's nothing wrong with coming from New Zealand form holds up here, if you like. I think it would be fair to say that from, from my read of those numbers. It's better than France, who are 7 from 113. Their impact value is 0.71, which is weak. 1.61 from the United Kingdom, which is stronger than a lot. All that makes sense. Mm. So all in all, what does it mean? <laughs> Pineapple. <laughs> it means you can probably, any concerns about trying to make blanket rules about treating New Zealanders one way or another is probably flawed. 
they do just fine, and so you should just treat them like Tay Rappers just down the road. One question I do want to pose to you in regards to Imperatrice running really fast time. Is that a product of slower horses racing over those distance range in New Zealand? No, we've, we've normalised all that. So it should be assuming our ratings are in the ballpark, and they are because we've tested that, then yes, that's that's fine. No, because we're, we're comparing apples and apples there. So she ran fast there and it, you would expect that to be very fast here. I but just I saw a few queries on Twitter in regards to that. I suppose what I'm saying is that the New Zealand to Australia, st- you know, looking at bulk numbers of runners across from, from New Zealand, as a general rule, the form, you'll be able to cherry pick ones and you go, oh, yeah, but what about the time extravagant, you know, drag the fifth leg around the parade ring and fell out the back of the telly, ah, they're no good. But you need to, you know, you can find your specific examples, but as a rule, they've held up pretty well. And Imperatrice has run faster than you know, almost all these Kiwis, right? She's yeah. gone really, really well there the other day at Te Rapa. Okay, second question. Is she likely then to come off that rating? Well, there's more down than up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot harder for her to go up on that rating than down. So the distribution is skewed to down. So she's more likely to run off it than away from it. But I think the number that she's most likely to run is it. I would say. So toss of the coin odds is fair then? I came with shade of odds on, so I don't see any value in her. I think she's a pretty good dunno because of all these. All these things are still interesting, aren't they? And they still do. They still give you a bit of dunno factor. Because the other dunno, I mean, Artorias is a dunno himself. Of course. He doesn't know what he is. Coming back from France. So I thought that might be a negative. But you go through through all like horses that have come back from England and, and France. And again, you'll find... You'll find horses like Hortensia who had a journey over to the UK, a bit like Artorias. They're kind of similar campaigns. They had a summer campaign in Europe. She came back, had three runs here and just nowhere near it. So you think, oh, wait, maybe maybe this, you know, it's the end of them. And, you, and it's easy to fall for those. Oh, I remember Hortensia. See what happens when they go over there. They come back and they're just terrible. And, you know, Scenic Blast never came back. But if you go across all of them, they there are ones that come back and do really well. There's this horse of Moody's. Um, Just on that, I will say, horses coming back from Hong Kong is horrendous, but continue. <laughs> there was this horse of Moody's, I was going to say, that she came back from England and she, she ran 123 in England and then she ran oh, 135 here. I was like, who are you talking about? Oh, yeah, you're good, you're good. It's black caviar for those playing. <laughs> Miss Andretti, Magnus, Holler, they all came back and matched their UK form in Australia. So I think, again, you know, Nature Strip is an obvious example. Recently he came back, he ran 131 in the UK and comes back and runs off that and never, and then he's tapered out. Yep. I'm still hoping for his Tiger Woods at the Masters style. In the TJ. In the TJ. Sampras in the US Open style. Off the canvas for one more. You never know. <laughs> Got a fair idea, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, across, again, once you cast the net wider, across the – Across the lot. And I, I sort of suspected that there would be. Alberta was good here. Sham Express ran a new peak here. So for all the nature strips and it's like it's easy to grab the most recent and obvious and big name nature strip and say, oh, gee, it's hard to come back. Mm. It's just as often they, they come back square or better. So with Atorius. <laughs> There's a lot of Dunno here, right? So I've, I've clouded the Dunno. The Dunno might have been a little bit we know and then all of a sudden I've made sure it's a Dunno. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you expecting from Atorius? Well, I'm expecting him to go to the Doncaster and get redemption for missing last year. So the best number I've ever got on him in Australia is still that Caulfield Guineas. And he hasn't been back there since because, you know, he's a sprinter, of course. Not that I'm holding that grudge. <laughs> so is he showing up here? I, I, I would expect him to, yeah. And I actually think he's probably, a, if anything, a little bit big in that betting because 
I think the market is pretty close to right and my the way I do things, it's pretty close to right unless you go negative on Imperatrice, in which case Artorias shows really good value, I would say. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes him interesting because I would say he's not an unfair bet. It's sort of you can get 750 out there. I would say that's not unfair, but if she doesn't show up, it becomes very fair. So I'm seeing that there's more up upside him than down at that price. There's more chance of that price being big than small, I think. Well, if she comes off, then he's just got to beat Golden Mile. Well, I don't have Golden Mile, and I'm a you're a Golden Mile hater. Yeah, I'm a Golden Mile agnostic. No price for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got a price. So <laughs> <laughs> off that trial and. But he's single no. figures, and that's he is. Yeah, not with me. If we didn't, <laughs> if you didn't half expect it to be, I, he's a he's Bizarro, isn't he? This week. Has to be, yeah. He's bizarre on my numbers. I have single figures I don't have off what he's done. And even Electric Girl, I don't have there. I don't know what number you could possibly have on Golden Mile that gets him inside Atorius. No. No, I'm, I agree. I agree with that. Because if you've got that number on him, you have overrated a lot of form elsewhere. Well, if you've got a bigger number on that, well, I think you're being very cold on Artorius and maybe treating him off his, what was it, Rubiton and Newmarket runs. And the new, Do you remember the Newmarket? Oh, man. And and I'm just saying, oh, that forms in the UK and it's rubbish. But I think, as I just said, I think you history says that you that English form can be treated the right way as as it is. It can replicate here and does as often as form from the July course at Newmarket replicates just as well as form from Doombin or form from Fanny Bay or form from Nanango or form from Morfittville. So face value that form. He's yeah, he's not a bad bet. I wouldn't have thought. Pet project for me, Operation Get Artorius to his right distance. Operation for you for some time has been get something out of Cascadian's good runs. Yep. Does he run well and cost everyone who backs him money again on Saturday? That's a bit harsh. He did win he's, several times he's last year. Paid his he won four times in 2022. Yeah, he's paid his way. And every though. time he won, they're like, oh, he's won the non-winner. Yeah, like, yeah, that's win number four for the year, guys. Don't be knocking Cascadian the champ. Do you give him a chance? First no. up, he's been... I reckon, well, I reckon he's there to run as well as he runs first up, and that is competitive. I like to think, I nailed him last prep. So he's a moral to run third. <laughs> where, yeah, exactly. Okay, so you said that. He runs third in the Memsey, bang. Yeah. So where does he run in the Canterbury Stakes? I'd say he runs third again, or he's a flashing light fourth. I'm just going to grab my number here and see if I agree, disagree. I have him running, assuming everyone does exactly what they're told. Third. Mm, I do. There and he's he back. The big boldy face. In for another big prep. What a champ he's been. He's a good horse. He's a good horse. But 1,300 short of what he resumed over the last time. So he might be found out a little I bit. I think he has, he's run sort of 113, 114 his last That's two. his number. That's, he yeah. does that first up and then he can peak up off that later. But he's been pretty reliable. As you yeah. say, you've, you've nailed him. Yeah, which makes us sound pretty clever when we say he'll run third. But that's generally the average rating for that position for that race. So if he runs that. That's where he'll finish. Indeed. Bizarro? Has to be Giga Kick. Although you want to make remark the Bizarro as well. So we've got two Bizarros in the market, and I think that's because we both like Eduardo. I don't like Eduardo. I love Eduardo. What a horse. What a horse. So Eduardo is getting on. I think that's fair to say. He's nine, but he's probably just getting into his peak for Joe Pride. (laughs) But I know Joe won't hear a bad word. And why, he's a, why would he? He's a rip a thousand meter horse. 
I've been, a, oh, he's a ripper. I shouldn't say. He's a ripper horse. I've been trying to get rid of Eduardo for two seasons. <laughs> Keeps kicking me in the face. Did the absolute business against a drift first up last prep. Yep. The doubters were in. I was on Andamat. What are you doing? Like a mug. <laughs> what are you doing? No, his panel's better than, than those sprinters and he's a, this is better than that. This is better than Andamat. It is. But it's only better than Andamat through a horse like Paul Laley and potentially Giga Kick. And Pulele's not a 1,000-metre horse, I don't think. So, all of a sudden, is it better than Andermatt? Exactly. If you're telling me Remarks 440, I don't think it is better than Andermatt. And therefore, Eduardo is a front-up job, isn't he? Has to be. With Remark, I'll get you to rip sheds off him. But in regards to Giga Kick, he split Cool and Gata and I Wish I Win in his first public appearance this time in, which looks good. Or is that at trials? Okay. But then go watch him at Balnarring. <laughs> And he's struggled to run home a benchmark 58 or scoria star who's been beaten 6, 7 and 10 in its last three starts. You watch that jump out. There is no way you are getting anywhere near Giga Kick on the weekend. He is more than a Balnarring jump out. I mean, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Mate, he, I, I've got stronger doubt. That's noisy. This, uh, the signal is stronger than that. With, with first up, not so much. Personally, to take 240, I'd want to be seeing a lot more than that. And also hearing the trainers suggest that they just want to see him hit the line first up. Oh, yeah, that's a bit grisly. That's a bit grisly. That's another scary part. He's not a 1,000-metre horse, Giga Kick, and only one rating in his arsenal wins this, which is another concern. Hence, 240, to me, is outrageous. His VRC Classic win, uh, not win, sorry, run, which was off his obviously off his Everest run. I was actually quite impressed with that. Because he held up. Because to me, the Everest run was a... What was that? Almost unpredictable. And even when you go... If you try and go back and overfit to that and you try can't. and make that really predictable, you, you just... I don't know. You, you're chasing Alpha 1 and what's that horse of Moody's that can't win a maiden, tap in three. and all, Yeah, that sort of form. It's you're not, losing a lot of money. Yeah. He, he ran a spike that was fairly hard to predict and it was awesome because how fun is that? The game is, you know, the game is fringing on impossible and that's so much fun. Yeah, it's awesome. But he backed it up to an extent and to a better extent than he might have in the VRC Classic. He ran really well there. He held up. I know, as I said, he, he held himself up and he was, I know it was a messy race and a busy finish, but there's a lot of good horses in there and he's in there with them, shaping really well, I thought. So I'm making a strong case here for the Bizarro. I don't like him at that price on Saturday at all. But I think that Classic rating is competitive. But I think it's the rating to judge him off more than the... Well, you're not marking him 240. No, and I think to mark him 240, you've got to be pretty close to saying we're going with the Everest rating. And I feel like that... If you if, When you put it in those terms, you feel pretty confident in saying, well, I'm happy to bet that that's not the rating to go off on Saturday. Yeah. In his favour, he's going from here straight to the TJ. So while I might not have liked the jump out from a fitness perspective, he's going to be fairly close to the mark on the weekend. On Eduardo... Since he's joined Joe Pride, he's four from five first up. His only loss came down the straight in the Lightning last year. And he's three from three at the course and distance. And he's got a few big scalps, including Nature Strip, twice. He's going to lead for Nash from that draw. And they're all going to be jiggy-jogging, finding a place. Yeah, there's no one there to... Well, passive-aggressive, no, but no, no, not first up. So all of a sudden, he's going to get an easy time in front. For Nash, elbows in the breeze. And he flies. He's a great bet at $5. Feels like it. The funny thing is, I've been going after Eduardo for all this time, and now I'm on. He's probably going to get beat. But <laughs> Over the hill, and that's the end of Eduardo. Off into the sunset you go, pal. Yeah. It's madness he's not inside remark. That's a good gamble against the sunset. Yeah. 
I mean, he's gone, he's gone. We've got Joe Pride. You've got uh, the power of pride behind you. All right, tell us why Remark shouldn't be 460. Uh, he has not run fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't get Yeah, I don't. Um, he's beaten Dragonstone there the other day. His stable mate shaped pretty well without a lot of luck behind him. Name escapes me. Was it Sebenak, Semion, one of those yeah. listed group three dreggy ones that went to Melbourne last week and missed the kick and actually was way better than the result in the Zedative because never had a shot. But um, Key Largo's 50s here and you'd have to say well, it was pretty that, unlucky behind him. That's oh, interesting, isn't it? So Key, as you say, Key Largo, sh- are we saying, should have made it? Are people happy to just say, I'm always wary about the unlucky runner, but uh, we're saying unlucky and should have. We don't even have to make a huge leap to say should have got should have given him a race. Well, it's Bryce. Yeah. When yeah. haven't they gotten to the finish lately? Yeah. I'd, Eduardo just would have absolutely spanked the hell out of them, wouldn't he? The real Eduardo. Even Paul Ailey, as you say, not a thousand metre horse. And I think he proved that first up last prep. But he was three to one against Cool and Gatter there. Mm. And Co. He was hit and miss, but his hits are pretty good. Yep. So he's he's got to fit in there. So what do you what do you do with Paul Ailey? You don't he's not no hope. No, it has to be. Because his hits give him a hope. Well, yeah, I, I just don't think Remark is is that price at all. Gelded. Uh, the other thing that I hate, as you know, well, not hate's a strong word, but the other thing I'm... No, 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 don't soften it. You hate it. The detector goes up when I hear very convenient narratives. <laughs> and it's, he's gelded, so now he'll be what they told us he was going to be years ago. Well, that's very... That sounds nice. The best part about him being gelded is he started racing slower horses. Yeah. <laughs> was that's a big trick. Yeah. Yeah. Remark, he's just come back enormous. No, he's just racing slower opposition, guys. And now he's headfirst into a real race. Yeah, it was a low-pressure 1,000 and he, he beat Dragonstone and ran 111, which he's now run two of his last three. So he ran that 1,200 heavy beating Bacchanalia with me anyway. So he's gone 111. So his last four runs he's been pretty consistent since he's been gelded, but is consistency a bit of a knock? Where, where's the spike to beat the good ones? Well, there's consistency and then there's Eduardo's consistency at the course and distance. And there's a fair gap between the two. Yeah. Yeah, there is. All in all, if Remark wins, Adam and I will definitely be losing. Oh, I'm nowhere near it. <laughs> <laughs> One horse you are hoping to win on your best bet down in Melbourne? Best bet for me, not in the Guineas. The Guineas is... Hard to find a bet, but I did think if there was one... Is the price fair, Jack and O, do you think? Yeah, it's about right, yeah. I think. Um, it's pretty pretty straightforward, and they kind of fall in line behind him fairly neatly as well, I think. But I did think Amenable is... Amenable is a horse that has a better run in him, which is something, you know, that's something. Yeah. I thought he's statistically coming out of a horrible race for it, but it was a such a non-event first up. I thought he came out of that looking clearly the best horse there. And had that been a, a more honest race and he won it and won it well and beat Pericles, like the splits to me say he probably would have shaded Pericles. He'd be a little bit more popular than he is now. And I think he's running the Caulfield Guineas and things tie him in as a, you know, he's. I don't think there's much between him and Elliptical, I suppose, is the. And that, but admittedly, that's potential, but I suppose that's where you get your chance to have a bet. But best for me, I'm going to make best uh, Uncle Bryn. In the blamey. For the elevator. For your mate, the elevator, the human heart rate monitor. I think the, I think unfairly maligned Tipa suit because ever since you started, you're getting right stuck into, you know, the up and down roller coaster that is. I love the elevator. It's I know you love the elevator. <laughs> it's very predictable. Predictably unpredictable. But oh, I've been digging around. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. 
I don't think it. I don't think it exists. Well, don't burst the bubble because I've been making money on the elevator, so don't. <laughs> I don't, don't think it me. exists. But Uncle Bream went one sixteen and then one hundred one, and I want to back him to go to one sixteen again. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think it exists, but I'm backing it to happen on Saturday. Yeah. Um, You're on the elevator. I'm Good on the see. elevator, but he did have no room to move. First up, that was behind Scolopini, the People's Scallop, which was, I think that's a pretty good race, and he never got a shot at it, but I think he, I think he was moving around like he would have, he would have had something to offer with a, with a little bit more room, but that's fine, because you want to see the big, you want to see the big down rating to back Trent Pursuitin, right? Obviously. That's what you're telling me. Uh, I thought he's, so he was no match for Tuvalu, Gentleman Roy, and they're the front of the race, they're head of proceedings. I don't think the Tuvalu price is bad, Gentleman Roy price seems a bit... Getting a bit skinny. Seems a bit skinny for mine because this is a, a very different test. Not that he's not a lovable, you know. Oh, don't you love it when you find a bet against a horse you just like anyway? So if Gentleman Roy comes and just knocks me over, it's like, wow, what a good horse. <laughs> That's all right. But I think Uncle Brim was no match for them in the Turak. He ran the Turak. But I think he just got better and better. And I, his Cranbourne win, quick turnaround, that was, I think he put together all the promise of before that. And I think he shaped up well enough first up to think he's he's come back really well. And I'd reckon this was they would have known as a Cranbourne Cup winner that All Star Mile getting voted in. Yeah, you know, I don't know how popular Cranbourne Cup winners are as a rule. I mean, we all remember Pakal, what a great horse, but <laughs> <laughs> but he was probably going to be hard pressed to get voted into the All Star Mile, so they're going to have to win their way in. And this was the race, so he was obviously set mile second up. Bang, here we are. And I think he's about good enough to give the. The front of the market, a big scare. General Roy's a little setback as well. And as I said, does nothing for me at the prices. And I think Uncle Bryn is a few rolls too big. I think he fits right in with him. Before I let you go, in Melbourne, we've got a Penrith winner going around. We do. We do. Now, this is what I love. So we've got a Penrith winner in race two, Timor. Drawn wide last start. J-Mac goes back, cops an STI. <laughs> and now we get Jamie Carr inside can happen. Draw. He's on the road. He's away from home down in Melbourne. He comes home. How was Melbourne? I got an STI. Slaughtered to instructions for those that don't listen to the review show. <laughs> yeah, Timor. Good chance? You would think a very good chance there, yes. Oh, you would expect. So Timor is, the other thing he's got is a lower draw. Pace is, I think, pretty much assured there. If the pace isn't assured, his position relative to it is assured to be closer than it was last time. couldn't be. be that far back again. <laughs> Surely. Uh, and he's drawn low, and the very simple stable rules go forward mean that he'll be more positive there with Jay Carr on. So he's going to get a much better chance to show himself off. He hasn't done a lot of winning, but he does have a couple of form lines in France and a couple of ratings in France and a, a couple of names in the book there that leap off that raise an eyebrow. Uh, he's good enough to take care of those, I think. I don't think a lot of that race, actually. I think a lot of them are... Youth Spirit is a bit like him. Youth Spirit has um, ratings in the UK that say he's so much better than the horse we've seen here. And there was some sign of life from him last start. And Gay's, like we said before, what, Scary what 15 she's doing. winners yeah. more than expectation the last three months. She's flying, Gay. So Youth Spirit sends a little shudder down the spine, but I think Timor takes care of them. 350, 60 around, I, I think a little bit shorter than that. With Pendrith winners, if they're going to be ridden similar... You don't really want much to do with them, but then when you can see a likely change of tactics, as in be ridden closer, that's what you want to see. So Timor certainly fits that bill on the weekend. Well, you wouldn't price him up off his rating last start, off the bare form of last start. You you're expecting him to do something different because it's a very different scenario for him. Yeah, well, absolutely should be. Yeah, we hope so. If T- it's not, 
tune into the review show. We'll be going crazy. <laughs> Here comes another STI, but surely the instructions will be to go forward. So it won't be an STI. It could just be another Pendrith. But Timor looks hard to beat for sure in race two. And in Sydney, have you got a Guineas tip? My best bet of the day is in the Guineas. There you go. It's a tricky card in Sydney There's in terms of, you know, you've got the two small fields for the two-year-olds. Not a lot on offer. I think the Fireball's a great race. But the Guineas for me is the opportunity to have a bet simply for the fact that Cabin comes up favourite of a disappointing performance in the lead-up. He had a tough run. I understand that. But I had a query on him getting a mile before that race and the way he finished off that last start, I'm more confident on him being suspect at a mile. He's drawn wide, so he looks to get a similar run. And Osipenko, who's been set for this all the way through, got a bonus win, I'll say, second up. Now he's at a mile, third up, inside draw, lands the coffin again for Nash. I've marked him favourite, and hence he looks a great bet in the Guineas. I don't think I can add too much to that. I was actually, I, don't, I didn't find anything in the Guineas because I'm a little bit more um, forgiving of Aft Cabin. Actually, not forgiving because I'm not really forgiving. I'm just ignoring in a sense. Mm. I was saying funny about that Hobartville. There's something off about it. But it doesn't make for great podcasting when I say, I don't know what it is, but there's something off about it. And then I'm just, I'm just taking the numbers that are spat at me and... It's not, it doesn't make for great content, does it? <laughs> not a lot of content. The early market is pretty much doing what you're doing. It's ignored that run and hence why he's 270 at the moment. But I don't want to ignore it. 270, is he? My, my magic machine spits him out of 269. So there's a huge disagreement <laughs> between me and the market. You're saying he's uh, a <laughs> touch of overs at the <laughs> touch moment. Touch of overs at the 270. Full Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Osipenko's a great bet in that. To do what he did in the Hobartville and knowing Chris Waller. I don't hate that. He should improve, whereas Afcabin, if he gets back to that form, obviously hard to beat. Model in the bin. My race loving, my fa- race fan man loves that. Also Penko. Yeah. He was running the race in the Caulfield Guineas as well. Alongside, you know, he was, he and Amenable. Mm. And Amenable, so if you like Also Penko, you probably do have a little each way tickle Amenable in the in the Australian version. Away if you don't want to back Jack and her. Yeah. If he's too short for you, he's the bet away from that. If you want to read more about that, the Melbourne Mail will be up this afternoon. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck to everyone having a bet this weekend.